Welcome to the Let the Truth Be Told podcast with me, Apostle Jennifer Abigail Lawson Wallace. I'm the co-founder of Cedars House Christian International, a ministry dedicated to raising believers in Christ. I'm also the founder and international president of Women in Tune, a global army of women faithfully worshiping and serving Jesus Christ. My passion is to teach, train, and disciple men, women, their youth, and leaders to get more intimate with the Lord and serve Him. The aim of this podcast is to bring the truth of God's Word to the body of Christ. Therefore, you can expect in-depth teachings for those who are young in their faith, as well as those who are serious with their Christian walk and want to grow. Be ready to be strengthened, equipped, and empowered in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen to the Let the Truth Be Told podcast. We're doing a series of teaching called Walk About Zion in order to learn more about the church. In the last episode, we began a discussion about the identity of the church. In this episode, we will continue to explore this further as we look at other aspects of her identity. Now, the next thing I want to say about the church, we are discussing the church's identity, who she is. I said that she originates from Christ and also that she's the ecclesia, the called out people. Every one of us together have been called out to be a light in the nations. Hallelujah. Now, I want to say that the church, number three, is the family and household of God on earth. All believers are children of God and members of his family on the earth. In John chapter 1, verses 12 to 13, we were told that as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. It's very simple and clear that as many as have received Jesus Christ have been given the power and right to become children of God. Hallelujah. We are the children of God. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2 tells us, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know him. What manner of love? The father out of his love has made us his children. Hallelujah. We are God's children on the earth. We are members of his family. Jesus Christ became one of us so that we would become his brethren and God's children. Hallelujah. And that's what the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 2, that he came and became one of us and he presented us back to God as his brethren and as God's children. So we are God's family. Just as a newborn baby comes with a genetic code of the family they are born into, we are spiritually born again into God's family and possess the spiritual DNA or, or genetic code of God through Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.19 tells us, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's people 
You are members of God's family. I like that. I really, really like that. Because when he called us out of our families, out of our communities, out of our tribes and, and nations, he did not just leave us without an identity. He made us his children and we became his family. We became members of God's family. Even 1 Timothy chapter 3 verses 14 to 15 tells us that although I hope, and this is Paul speaking, he said, although I hope to come to you soon, I am writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Paul was saying that we would know how to behave as family members, how we, we would relate with one another, how to behave as family, as children of God and as the family of God. As God's children and family, we are his sons on the earth. The Bible talks about the earth groaning for the revealing of the sons of God. We are God's sons. We are his family. And really, sonship is not by gender, like the male gender, but sonship is a status God has inferred upon us in Christ Jesus. The Spirit of God indwells us and affirms us as children and sons of God. That you will find in Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. Also in Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 to 29. And Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 to 13. Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 to 29 actually tells us that in Christ, there is neither male nor female. There is neither Greek nor Jew. There is neither slave nor free. We are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And when we were baptized into Christ, we put on Christ. It means that every single one of us is a child of God and not just a child. We are sons of God. God has a family of sons. Sonship is about authority, is about ownership, is about taking territory. And God wants his family on the earth to do as Christ Jesus did. Hallelujah. The fourth thing I want to say about the church is that the church is the temple and dwelling place of God. Many religions have temples or physical places which they associate with their gods and where they worship. The church, on the other hand, is the temple of the living God. That's why the building is not the church, but the people. And the people constitute the temple of God. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and read verses 16 and 17. It says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 16 tells us, that God has chosen to no longer dwell in an ark 
or a temple built with hands. He has now chosen to dwell in human beings, born again in the image of Jesus Christ and filled with the Holy Spirit. Actually, Paul confirmed this in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 20 to 22. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. You can also look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 to 20. We are the temple of God. God lives in us. God lives in the individual believer. Wherever I am, God is there. God is being worshipped because I'm praying to him, because I'm, I'm, I'm worshipping him, because I'm living by his standards, because I'm reading the scriptures. Everywhere we are, whether we are on our own or we are together, because the spirit of God dwells in us, we are a temple unto God, a place where God is being worshipped. Hallelujah. I want to say the next thing about the church is that the church is the body of Christ. Many of us are familiar with this, that we are the body of Christ. He is the head and we are the body. When you, you talk about the body of Christ, some people just think because we are a mass of people, body can mean mass. And yes, that is true to a large extent. But we are the actual body of Jesus Christ. He is the head. We are the body. Let's turn to Ephesians 1, verses 22 to 23. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. So in Ephesians 1, we are told that God has put everything under the authority of Christ and has made him the head and made us the body. And because the body is everywhere, we are this mass of people everywhere. Christ can fill all things with himself. He is the head, we are the body. We need to remember that. Colossians chapter 1 verse 18 says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. Now, I want to explain this. Christ is spirit. God is a spirit. God is spirit. And Christ is spirit. And for him to function on the earth in a tangible way, he needs his body. And we, the church, are his body. Without us, Christ cannot fulfill his purposes on the earth. That is why God himself had to come in human bodily form to accomplish the task of salvation. In the same way, the task of building the kingdom requires for Christ to have a body, a physical body upon the earth. 
Therefore, Christ and the church are one, one body. Christ is the head and the church is the body. Just as this is my head and this is my body, Christ is the head and the church is his body. Hallelujah. The church is Christ and Christ is the church. Christ is the spiritual identity of the church and the church is the physical identity of Christ. What do I mean by that? When you see the church in the spirit, you should see Christ. Just as when you see Christ in the flesh, you will see the church. Hallelujah. And these are very important things that we must come to know and understand. It will help us in our conduct. It will help us in our agendas and our assignments. It will help us know that we are responsible for the things of God upon the earth in our nations. Christ is the very foundation and beginning of the church. Christ is the end and beginning of the church. Without Christ, there is no church. And the church has no message without Christ. Without Christ, the church has no mandate, no mission. Without Christ, the church is not a church because we are the body of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's as simple as that. Without my body, my head cannot do anything. And without my head, I cannot do anything. The body and the head are one. Amen and amen. May the Holy Spirit give us an understanding of these things in Jesus' mighty name. We shall continue our discussion of the identity of the church in the next episode. I hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and perhaps even challenged by this message. You may also watch teachings related to this message and other topics on my Let the Truth Be Told YouTube channel, which you can subscribe to. I'd love to hear from you, so please do sign up to our email list at letthetruthbetold at cedarshouse.org and subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss an episode. To find out more about me, Jennifer Abigail Lawson Wallace, our ministry and the work we do, visit our websites, womenintune.org, quiverprayermovement.org and cedarshouse.org. You may join our community on social media and engage with us there. This podcast was sponsored by Sublime Gifts, home of elegant, bespoke Christian gifts, from personalized cards and cushions to devotionals and luxury picture frames. Please do remember to visit their website, sublimegiftsuk.com. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to download and listen to the podcast. God bless you.